after one gone would be different than after three guns. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So if it was gone, 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 gone to the other shore, the other shore would have a lot of meaning based on all the guns it took to get there. Yeah, wouldn't it? Yeah, so gone, gone, gone. So by the time the head has invested in two or five guns, you better believe wherever it arrives at is going to be called the other shore. <laughs> because it would look really stupid if it was the same shore that they departed from. Yeah, so the story, the narration has an intention also. So it's invested, let's say, a lot of time and a lot of guns. So you better believe even if it arrives at the same shore, it's going to see it as the other shore mm -hmm. to validate its expenditure. Yeah, you know what I mean? We used to have the old story about the pooper scooper guy, you know, using it for some reason. I was trying to communicate something to alcoholics. I don't know what it was, but it was sort of like the idea of the pooper scooper guy who figures out. He, can, he has a beautiful lawn, he figures out he can get some use of it. After a while, he realized there's a lot of shit all over and it smells like high heavens and it had a lot to do with his validation of life. You know, like he was the one who had the uh, lawn ball bowling tournaments and the weddings and running around, having barbecues and picnics on this beautiful lawn. Now it stinks, he's got to cancel all these things, which is sort of threatening to his story. So basically he ends up finding out about pooper scoopers and he figures if I can pick up the shit pretty fast, at least I'll get maybe a three by seven foot piece of lawn, which when the shit, the smell will still be there because you can't sort of, you know, uh, oh, there's the smell and here it's not the smell. It sort of goes across boundaries. <laughs> so, but at least you'd have the lawn that would be pristine for a little while. You know, that's the best that he's come up with because it just doesn't seem like he can't get rid of the shit fast enough. So he becomes, you know, he's pretty good at pooper scooping and a lot of people have the same dilemma. So they sometimes, somehow the word gets out, hey, this guy seems to know how to do it. And he gets invited to speak at meetings with people who used to have lovely lawns. And then some reason there's been a plague of shit and smell. <laughs> so they're interested in getting some how to get some of the lawn back. So he becomes a big circuit speaker in the little underground thing, and uh, he finds out, he finds like a generic pooper scooper, but he's pretty good at it, and they start taking videos of him, and he gets two at the same time, and now he puts his name on it, you know, Mr. Smith, you know, pooper scooping extraordinaire, whatever, and he starts selling the pooper scoopers, he writes a book about it, and so now he thinks he has an answer to this dilemma, really. But he's only getting a little bit of lawn back and very, very temporally based. It's going to be shit in an hour or two. As soon as he's not vigilant or maintaining it, the shit just keeps going. So a person shows up and sees him and says, Hey, I heard you have a problem. He goes, No, no, I don't have a problem. I've got the solution to it. I'm Mr. Pooper Scooper. And, uh, look at the like, leather jackets with fucking blazing pooper scooper on it, whatever. He's got a lot of invested in being Mr. Pooper Scooper. And the guy starts walking and he says, well, just get rid of the dog. And so, wow, you would think Mr. Pooper Scooper would rush to that answer. It's such a beautiful answer. If you get rid of the source, there won't be the effects, obviously. You're missing the source, so there's a lot of effects. So get rid of the dog, no more shit. 
but see now he's invested in the in his solution so he doesn't rush towards the the solution let's say yeah because this is what happens so if it was oh maybe you strolled to the other shore then when you arrived there and it told you you had never left it wouldn't be a big you know like uh, existential moment it would just ah yeah but gone 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 that's a lot of time I would say yeah gone 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 that's a lot of gone's meaning probably a lot of effort and a lot of time to arrive at the other shore you better believe it's gonna be the other shore at least conceptually even though nothing's changed so the so the so, so the recognition on having never left would be probably blocked or obscured by the system that thought it had gone, gone, gone. Yes, obviously. It had an investment not to, not to, it has an investment in arriving, but it doesn't like the idea that it's never left, because that would what? Negate its value and its relevance and its importance and all the meaning that has been saturated with the one who's going, 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 going to the other shore. Yeah, yeah, so this is just like cuts that all out on having never left. Uh, it's going to have a huge effect on the gone, gone, gone. <laughs> like if the, on having never left was in place before the launching of the journeys of the gone, 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 there would probably be not many gone, gone, gone. There would be a recognition of all that urge and drive to arrive somewhere as not you because you had never left, see? So that which is wanting to arrive obviously assumes it has left. Yeah. So the assumption is, why not look at you're not that which thinks it's left and then you would lose interest in arriving. Yes, this is the whole point. It's not about you know, not being that which wants to go, go, go. Just see you're not that. That's all. Just see it. And then if you see it, there's a, that whole coiled up pressure gets dismissed. Like we were talking today about, we were talking today about, you know, being spaced out. You usually, you don't even know you're spaced out. Then something happens and then you're here seemingly, and then it tells you you've been spaced out. But the basic premise that you're living on is I'm spaced out, or I have the potential to constantly be spaced out, so I can constantly not be where I am, yeah? So what happens is when the solution arises, it tells you the problem. It tells you why it seemed like it wasn't available, because there was an entertaining and insane idea that let's say you can be out of a moment, which is insane, yeah? But that insane idea gets sort of placed there and it's just this, it's assumed and insinuated and taken to be so. And now you're constantly looking on how to get into the moment and always having to be gauged how close you are to it or how far away you are to it. But it's all predicated on yeah, so the idea of getting into the moment isn't the, isn't the modality. It's seeing you've never left the moment. That works. Same thing with the gone, gone, gone isn't the modality. It's on having never left is the modality. Yeah? 
here in duality, gone, 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 can lead you to the point that you realize you've on having never left. But why not start there? It saves you a lot of time. So on having never left, just like all the fairy tales, once upon a time, and then there's on and on and on stories. What happened if the first sentence was on having never left? So the book would be over. Just look at the pictures. Because you know I mean? there he is looking like he left. There he is thinking he left. But in fact, in basic, on the bottom line, would be on having never left, a little footnote each page. So the whole story, oh, he was climbing up the hill of truth, almost there, on having never left, <laughs> on having never left. So all these things are happening, but the bottom line is on having never left. Yeah, it's not like, <laughs> so. What would happen, the meaning or the weight of the story would loose, you know, would weaken, obviously. If the footnote was big enough to really see while you were reading the whole story, oh, Jesus, this could be the moment on having never left. What? <laughs> then it isn't the moment. You know what I mean? It would just underwrite, it would just undercut all the meaning. That's being fucking just heaped on this impossibility. Yeah, so, and most of us don't know that is occurring, so we start from there. And it looks like, yeah, I'm gonna go to the other shore. It makes sense because obviously this shore is full of fucking plastic seemingly and shit and you think you have something to do with it. So you wanna get out, you wanna go to the other shore, get some relief. And all these things, all these realities have been given to something to make the other shore attractive, but they're not real. And then what happens is when you, as what you are, arrives at what you are, it tells you it's always been that way. So it negates the whole story. How many times you have to go through this route? Maybe you pass that point. Maybe you can go to uh, recess, <laughs> not study hall, not fucking Buddhism 101. You've already heard all this. Start at on having never left. And then you'll see that which you're not is constantly premised on having to arrive. That's it. It's a total ass backwards maneuver. So the cart is in front of the horse. I have to arrive when in fact the horse is in front of the cart on having never left. Yeah. And no matter how much you arrive, if you seem to succeed, it's going to tell you on having never left was the condition. So. All the, all the truth in the arriving gets negated by the goal of the arriving. So you have to see that which wants to arrive doesn't really want to arrive. Because the whole meaning of the arriving gets negated by the, the goal. So it has, a, it has a bias, yeah? It wants to become all fucking life, but it doesn't want to be because it doesn't have much of a role there. Yeah, when it, when when it's when it's the vehicle to arrive, it's fucking got all the attention and interest, and it's all about it. But when it arrives at that mythical moment, it wants to put off that recognition. It's just like uh, Ramana says here. It's beautiful. If I can find it quickly, if I can't. This whole book is all screwed up. I don't think I'll find it. But he says, you know, the great mystery is uh, a reality wanting to attain reality. Yeah, it's a freaking very, very perplexing mystery. 
And then if, if what happens is that's going on, obviously reality must be taking itself to be something else. Yes? Reality must be in the act of being identified as something that isn't reality for it to want to attain reality. It's wanting to attain reality coming from reality has absolutely no fucking sense. But wanting to attain reality to something that may be a little bit of reality or, or is marred reality or impure reality or not like, not, you know, galvanized or bronze or tempered enough to be reality, yeah, would be interested in arriving at reality because it would think it would relieve the unreality trials and tribulations, yeah? If I could just arrive at reality, all this shit would clear up, yeah? So, all right, then as it's trying to do that as what it's not, it must run into it sooner or later that in, it, in and of itself, it's the obscuring of reality, yeah? So now there becomes an incredible uh, existential question arises it looks like I have to be destroyed for me to attain reality. You're not going to be running to the finish line of attaining reality. <laughs> it's going to start dragging its feet. I missed that point, got to go over this. I'm not pure, not pure enough what it is. Because it, if, it's, if the logic is for me to attain reality, I must be destroyed. The percentage of the stocks in that which would be destroyed is going to vote against the attaining, attaining reality, obviously. It may put up a sham. Oh, yeah, we want to attain reality. But it has no intention of budgeting that, you know, attaining reality because it wants to attain its reality, yeah, which is going to be negated to it if it finds reality, not knowing that it is reality looking for itself. But, you know... The logic is going to lead that you're going to figure out it's you that's causing the seeming break from what you are to what you are. And so that's going to have to go. And if most of your attention and interest is beholden to that, it's going to really drag its feet. You know? And it really, it may sound weird, but it probably loves the idea that this could take lifetimes. It's like, whew, all right, whew, I can grab an identity out of this wanting to attain reality. But I'll never attain it. <laughs> I've no interest in it. I don't want the race to finish. <laughs> Ever. <laughs> so the seeking just begets the seeking and protects the seeker, in a sense, of fi from finding, which is amazing. Now, most people don't know that, or they, you know, the seeking would come under suspicion. But most of us don't know a lot. So the whole point is to see what's going on and then. Uh, have yourself like reconnoited and reconfigured by seeing that. Now, and we were talking today, the idea on having never left is more like a sense you have that and then you find it caught, you know, like expressed in that little statement. It's not like the little statement gives you that. You're already in it and then you go, wow, and having never left is a really nice little like bumper sticker while I'm driving. You know, because if I'm going backwards, I'm looking at, you know, I'll see the bumper sticker all day on having never left as I'm moving forward, gone, gone, gone. Yeah, it's pretty cool. But the, the spirit of it doesn't come from the statement, it's us. Yeah, You've, there's been a seeing of shit, and then you hear on having never left, and wow, that's sort of, because it, what it does is it, 
it frames the opposite of that, of always needing or, or an urge to arrive. It makes it peculiar, it makes it very, very uh, felt, yeah? You can feel all of the memories of that movement, of constantly being driven to arrive and whatever, yeah? And then on having never left is like the ointment. He was like, ah, yes. So it's, that's what says it on the tin. You already got the relief. And then you read, oh, and having never left, ah, yes, that suits exactly, fits it, yeah? And then what happens when, on having never left, it really doesn't have much time in its consideration, yeah? It's because all the arriving and all the delays and all the being put off and all being stopped and obstructed is removed and on having never left. Because what kind of wind would go against where you never left? <laughs> You're just there. You've, all the, the journeys over the mental seas are over because you never left. So, so basically, it's sort of like Tommy Bahama time. What's his name? Jimmy Buffett. You know, just fucking kick back with the, you know, and having never left. And then see what, how you move from then. Yeah. Instead of this moving to arrive at that seeming sure see what happens how that sure on having never left moves you yeah yeah because you're going to be moved by something i don't feel like we're a cause i think this is more of an expression and then an observation it can observe stuff and it's an expression of stuff mm -hmm. it would be nice that we could get through the stubborn identification that all the expressions are ours yeah because that's the bonding mechanism, but just the expressions, you know? So if I drink and shoot cocaine, there's gonna be different expressions through this than if I don't, yeah? Now I could say they're mine, but that's just the identification. But really, if you put some cocaine in me, I'd pass the basket immediately, and then try to have a very short meeting and fucking go in this neighborhood and get something, yeah? Now, did I do that? From everyone else, it would look like I did it, but I didn't do it. I'm just a, something blows me a certain way, and I'm gonna do that, and there's gonna be, unfortunately, the mental state's gonna claim it all and try to write a narrative, like you fucking blew it, you were sober 31 years, you motherfucking insane, why did you do this, and da da da. Yeah, but if you could move that away and just see, basically, this is apt to do almost anything. It can be driven to do tons of shit. Yeah, it really can. If you put the right ingredients, you just look at the airports. You know, go to San Francisco airport, everyone's sort of civil and stuff. Then flights start getting delayed, and then the civility is very paper thin, and they're fucking getting lines, and when any, if you're in a wheelchair, they start thinking you're fucking a fake. That's why I like wearing shorts. And then, oh, oh, and everyone gets like fucking super ready to go, you know, violent on people just because the plane was delayed. Can you imagine if you shook us up a little more? Literally. Someone took food away from you a day or two. You wouldn't be philosophically pontificating. You would be fucking begging me. Yeah, so. I find this is just uh, an interface, really. It causes and reacts, and then it has, it's in contact, and then there's expressions that are using this possibility to get in contact. 
and then there's the narration that it's always you, and then the outdoor world is like a courtroom. So you get convicted or you get commended by what you think you or you know did or didn't do, and then it's basically a giant court system, and we're mostly all on probation. I'm waiting for a very long sentence. So already living out the sentences. Yeah, where the, to the point, I remember when I got into recovery, they would have people, you know, recovery from alcohol and drugs. Actually, you're recovering from thoughts, thinking, really. And, this, and us, yeah, system of uh, a mental reliance, really. So, but you would have someone who was in more and in older in the program, and they would say, listen, I want you to write out everything you wish for in one year of sobriety. This is like you're about three weeks or a month into it. So you'd write it out and they'd keep it. And if you stayed sober, they'd read it to you and you see how small your imagination was. Life had given you so much more in that year of sobriety than you thought you would ever be able to get. Yes? So you're living with a very myopic view and then the panoramic view was ready and willing to become a big player if you could just you can't get into it as self, but you can see that you're not self. You're not the doer of all this shit. You're not the haver and the loser. You're not the primary point. You're not the cause of all the effects. Just seeing what you're not as activities and as ideas opens up to a possibility of what you are having influence here. Yeah, which is what you are demonstrates inclusiveness, win-win-ness, yes? You don't, I don't have to, I don't win by you losing. It has a different, like, you know, you have it by giving it away. No Coke dealer I ever knew lived by that principle. You have it by giving it away, all this stuff. That becomes really a working system for you, as, as you, not for you, as you. So, this, in my sense, the non-duality is a fact, really. And it's a fact before all the other assumed facts. So it overrides the assumed facts, yeah? And it stands pretty clear. And none of the assumed facts can override it. It sort of negates everything. While those things would try to deny that, which is not negating, denying it, it, it doesn't hold water, it outshines it all. And so now it's a fact, so now your life is well lit from behind. <laughs> Yeah. So you can see, yeah, yeah. I was reading a book, I didn't read it, I saw the title and it says, Being Awake, Being Aware of Being Aware. All right, so okay, maybe that's the waking up to being awake, but then the waking up drops and then it's just awake. It's not, you don't stay at being aware of being aware. The being, the, the observational point of being aware of being aware sort of fucking, bl dissipates it's like the you know the bubbles over the ocean just they don't have even pop they just go and then they're ocean so it's just being aware i don't like the idea of being aware of being aware and having that stay there there's still a dualistic thing there the being aware of being aware is like a first ah sort of maybe recognition but then the being aware of the being aware dissipates <laughs> and it's just being aware yeah, because I'm telling you, if there's a being aware, if there's a being, a being aware of being aware, sooner or later there's going to be requirements and fucking 
maintenance. To, <laughs> just shit's gonna be added to the being aware as the one being aware. <laughs> it is, I'm telling you, because that's what it does. It puts time and space into shit. So the being aware of being aware just drops, or it's there, but it's not just, there's not much, uh, it's like uh, empty, you know? Mm -hmm. And there's just being aware. And mostly never of you, very minimum level and of this, but just being aware. Like today we were talking, I see the hummingbird from the theater, cat here, this, you know, you're just available now. The attention and interest because it's not beholden. Because if you look in, into the tunnels or the telescopes of yesterday and tomorrow, you're sort of blind now. Yeah, you're not, but you seem to be. Because your attention and attention isn't available to what's happening. Because it's been, it's sort of been uh, farmed out to what's not happening. So what's happening is the only thing in it, or no thing that can bring what's not happening into what's happening. <laughs> we do it all day. The dog doesn't do it. We do it. Because we believe there was a yesterday and a tomorrow. And so that strong belief, as Jesus says, as you believe, so it is, seemingly, I would have put, he probably would have said seemingly after that, means it appears to be that way. As you believe, I think they dropped the word seemingly. As you believe, so it is, seemingly. Yeah, just to make sure you don't get that, that's true. It seems to be true. As it, you know, as you believe, so there is. It isn't true, it seems to be true. It appears to what's true that that's true, maybe for a little time. So, all right, as you believe, so it is. So if you're believing that fucking August 5th, what's going to happen that, that day is more important than what's happening now. It can override what's happening now by what's happening now. What's happening now can override what's happening now by being in what's happening then and what's happening there. Again, I've seen it all the time. So... And it's not because of the thoughts. The thoughts are the facilitators, it's the faith in thoughts. It's in the faith in this projection as being real and all that. This doesn't just happen out of the blue. There's a lot of construct in the dreaming. Yeah? Without this, wouldn't, this, this apparent surface of being here wouldn't even, it would look totally different if the construct was different. Yeah? Yeah. So there's a lot of things that are being assumed that aren't so, and then driven or encased in time and space. Yeah? So time and space, and then a lot of stuff happens, and then we think there was past time and past future time, and then therefore past space, because we remember past Hawaii's and future Hawaii's, and yeah, yeah, yeah. So distracting, seemingly, the attention and interest, so it gets caught up, so here it gets sort of empty, but not in the empty Buddhist way, but in the comparing it to fullness way, where fuck, it's fucking empty as hell. So now what? You want to jack up your experience. So you shoot some coke, would really jack it up. Jump off a you know, bridge with bungee cords, you know, have an affair, spice it up this way, you know, take a little shit from the store, just feel like you get excited about living because you're like numb in a sense because you're at the attention and interest beholden to the slavery yeah so the hummingbird gets missed and even if you someone tells you well i've seen hummingbirds fuck that you know but the, the beauty is the seeing obviously of the hummingbird it's not so much the hummingbird it's the seeing of the hummingbird it's the seeing yeah 
That's living. That's the feeling of being alive. Not a picture of what you think implies you're alive, which most people are relying on now. I remember the, one of the greatest examples I got was I was in this town, this city, not a city, this place in Burma, 1995, Copagan. I think it's B-A-G-A-N or B-A-G-N. And it's a wonder of the world, so it's, but it is a UN he, uh, heritage site. And there's this civilization that lived on this big arid plain next to that big river, the Irrawaddy, from the 9th to 12th century, the story goes, all it did was build Buddhist temples. So there's over, I think, 5,000 temples on this land, all over. And so, just as far as I can see. And so you go there and you rent a bicycle and you can ride these dirt little paths and go to temples all day. And some have really beautiful murals that are intact. And obviously 300 years is different sort of architecture. And because it's so dry there, it's, it's stayed pretty damn good, yeah? So we'd be there for, I'd stay there for a week or two and just, and then so at, in a, when the sun went down, you'd go to a stupa, which is a certain Buddhist thing where supposedly relics are in a little, usually it's got a spire and then it has this little round area and uh, they put, they used to put supposedly Buddhist relics, you know, bones or teeth or whatever. And so we'd sit on some, and then you'd watch the sun go down and see all the spires. Yes, it's just my mind. So I, we were sitting there one day, and then I saw this big cloud of smoke coming from afar. And it started moving closer, and it was a big bus. And they moved, they pulled right into this drive, this dirt road, and then right to the temple we were sitting on, the stupa. And then suddenly, the doors open, all these uh, tourists come out, run right towards us, turn around towards the bus driver, get a picture taken, get back on the bus. So when they go home, they can say, I was at Pagan, but were they really at Pagan? They weren't at Pagan. They got, took a picture to prove to themselves they were getting back to the bus and then they were off again. They didn't even spend a minute there. <laughs> so I would say, the mental state wants to look like it's living than living. It does. It wants, that's why that urge has found technology, really, in the dreaming. And now it's made up where you can just be like the kids now. My girlfriend has a 12-year-old. All they do is send videos of each other, Instagram, Snapchat, all day. They're just in the back of the seat. What are you doing back there? <laughs> Pictures of themselves sending it. It's just... It's unbelievable to me. So, <laughs> <laughs> they never go outside. <laughs> They're just in the room looking at the, you know, the, the uh, screen. It's like uh, it's like narcissus with a mobile pool. It's just words. <laughs> it's all day. We can just see ourselves. It's a mind boggling. I don't know why they don't put a foot down and say, "Hey, this is getting out of hand." You know. But whatever. So simple message. I'm so jacked up by it, really. <laughs> because the more and more I sit in it, it's like a lazy boy. It's really comfortable. And, and I haven't had any new solutions in a long time. Real long time. And no urge to make it a radical or extreme solution or jacked up solution or super solution. 
like we joke around, you know, what's new in non-duality 2019? Nothing. Same, same. <laughs> you can, <laughs> this isn't like Starbucks. <laughs> they got one product, coffee, they make 50 shits out of it. Non-duality doesn't play that game. You may think it does, so we're going to have non-duality therapy and shit like that, but non-duality is a negation. It's not an add-on because it would negate that which is being added onto in a weird way. Yeah, so it's sort of like just let it. It's a fact. If it's entertain it, if it if it hits you strong enough, uh, there won't be any review of its basic premise. You'll entertain it, and it will verify itself, and then basically it'll allow you to have eyes and ears to see a lot of other premises that could be you know, looked at and maybe found very suspicious in a way. And then uh, it's more of an e economizing than an adding on to. It's more of a disarming instead of a call to arms to me. Because I feel, uh, I truly believe it's all rooted in, in the, act, the act. And it's not even you in the act. It's the mental states are in the act of being identified as a self. And in a way, the only subscription when we're here is to the mental states for a while. We rely on it. Yeah? We have a language that supports its story and they feed each other. And there's, uh, to me, it's always going to be a recognition that maybe that's not you. If not, then all your excursions and investigations are going to be uh, launched from there and so it'll be the thief playing the policeman to catch the thief I mean it just doesn't go anywhere in my view and I think uh, why go gone 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 maybe cut it to like two guns you know and hopefully go <laughs> you know and G and then, oh gee, I don't want to go. <laughs> and nothing, you're not going to get, you think you're going to get punished? The only thing that's playing God here is the mental state. It's constantly playing God. Constantly playing God. About God especially. Really. So in AA we have the statement for the people who are in AA. It's like the biggest unspoken step, I think, which is, you got to quit playing God, you know. And it says in the, and the book is a linear process, the 12 steps. And so you would think first would be more important than next in hierarchy of meaning. Yeah, obviously, if it's a linear process, first would be more important than next. So first would be, that sort of has to be clear before you move to next. So first, you got to quit playing God. And then the next is the third step of turning your will and life over to care of a higher power and being directed instead of directing and shit like that. So, but before that can actually really gain traction, you first there's got to be a quit playing God, see, because that which is playing God will play God around the third step. So it will say it turned its will and life over to it, but it's always conditional, like getting a parking space or a girlfriend or something like that. If things aren't going its way around a certain needed topic, it will grab it and play God. So it's really, so what happens is, so how can that which is playing God quit playing God? It would be playing God, wouldn't it? So that which is playing God decides to quit playing God. That's playing God. 
ad infinitum, mean forever. There's no point where that's going to work. There's no, it's not the 800th time where that which is playing God finally succeeds in quitting playing God. No, the playing God would continue, yes? So what happens? Self can't get out of self. You're in a little bit of a conundrum. Well, maybe you're not that which is playing God. So when you see you're not that which is playing God, in a way, that's God quitting playing God. <laughs> it just, it doesn't, it's, it's, it's been playing God through this identification and some of that goes, no, it's it. Yeah, and now you're directed by something other than the mental state. Yeah, and the Course of Miracles, you know the Course of Miracles? The Course of Miracles has this word, and I may be, these are all my own feelings around it. They have this idea of a Holy Spirit, and in, they, and in AA we have higher power, which is, I would say, are just aspects of mind, big mind, yeah. All right, so what happened? So as the Course of Miracles says, the brain interprets to the body of which it is a part. So let's say the brain is collating all the information. It is. It's making light up into these stories. So it's collating everything to what? Reinforce the body because it's a part of the body. So the brain is interpreting everything to the body, to it. So self-centeredness, that's it. Yeah. So the brain. And so a lot of us have followed that GPS and it's failed us miserably and then it gets to be a little suspicion and now you want to get out of that, but you try to get out of it as that, which are the addictions really. So the addictions to drugs, I wanted to get high so I could get out of me, basically. But I'm trying to get out of me as me so they don't work, all right? So what happens in recovery, if you turn your willing life over to care of something greater than you, to this greater than self, right? That whatever you want to call it, collates the same information being gathered up by the camera, but uses it completely differently than the mental state uses it. And so the tree, there's all these trees, there's the mental state tree, there's the higher power tree, there's the Holy Spirit tree. Higher power, Holy Spirit, both sequoias, let's say. And so the information comes in and then you'll know the tree by its fruits. So you see, hey, I've been living under this GPS of memory, perception, and thoughts, yeah, and I've gotten, look at what I've gotten, and then, all right, now I've been living under another tree, one of the two sequoias, and the same shit that was happening now is, a, is actually intending me to dream myself out of this place, and it's getting happier. Well, wait a minute, so what one would I go for? if there was seemed to be a way of leaning one way or the other. I'm going to lean towards the sequoias, obviously, <laughs> because it's working. It's just that freaking simple. Now it's the same data. It's just how it's collated. And I've gotten enough, you know, I punched in enough nights. I want to have a good time tonight and ended up in jail following the <laughs> mental GPS. I, you know, how about... Oh, I would like to be of maximum use, and I'm open to have revelation. You know, whereas, you know, whereas the higher power isn't going to be of my understanding, it's going to be of its own understanding. Let's fucking see what happens, yeah? Because I've had enough of the higher power of, its own, of my own understanding, which is self 
Yeah. Identify the self. There's no fucking way out. So yeah, that's another way of putting it as a working system here. So now you travel lighter. Yeah. Through whatever life has in store for you. And after a period of time, as a Toyota, yeah, what more does it want, really? It wants, you know, wants good roads and lots of rest stops, nice clean bathrooms. It doesn't want to fucking go to heaven. It doesn't, it's not like a chariot of the gods. It just wants to have a little modicum of comfort, you know, and it wants, and if it has the ability to reach enough, it's fucking great. And then what happens? It bubbles up with gratitude and honoring and maybe empathy because it's had enough pain and suffering and recognizes in others. And then it gets to be abuse to itself and others. Man, what a turnaround when it was like a parasitical, a two-legged parasite fucking taking everything it could from anybody. And more and more it got, the emptier and emptier it was. It was like an incredible... Uh, like an, a gnawing of the insides out, you know, just that drive to get moved. So, yeah, I think this is really good news. And, uh, and I'm not asking anyone to take it, I'm just asking people to see they're not that which would take it or not that which says no to it. You're neither of those fucking moves. You are it, yeah, you are it. <laughs> You are it. None of you choosing or leaning or going towards it is available. You are it. <laughs> you can't get away from that. <laughs> you, on having already arrived, on never left, never, on having never left is the fact. So, yeah. All right. Well, that's that. Eh? Any uh, questions? No? All right. Well, uh, let's shut that off. I'm at the, over. And get a basket.